0: Hello and welcome to another episode of a Brother's Creed podcast. We're talking about motivation, experiences,
1: and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared. And today we're talking about UFOs. We're talking about uh, several of the U.S. Uh, UFO disclosures and Freedom of Information Act requests from the government. Uh, several things have come out in the past really like... A couple years. Year, year or so, year or yeah. so, since 2021. And... A lot of interesting stuff is coming out. They just had a recent drop in April uh, with some a uh, Freedom of Information Act drop that just came in with a bunch of documents. And Actually, there were two that are just mind-blowing. And so uh, we're going to talk about those. I feel like I'm talking about a lot of friends, and I'm like, hey, do you guys hear about the new documents they dropped? And like, oh, I haven't had a chance to look into all that yet. I'm like, well, I'm going to make a podcast episode about that. And you can just listen to the episode. I'll send you the link. I'll send you a summarized version of all the UFO stuff that's been coming out recently. So this is it. Sh- share this with your friends if, you, if, they, uh, if they're wondering about what's going on. It'll be a quick 40-minute update on what's going on with the UFO community. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. Let's do it.
0: Spartans! What is your profession? Any man who must say I am the king is no true king. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare. If I can change, and you can change. Everybody can change.
1: Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent
0: world. All right, so um, I, I'm going to start this off a little bit by talking about um, some of what our presidents of the United States, former presidents of the United States, have said about UFOs, unidentified flying objects. Right. So, or what some people call them unidentified aerial phenomena.
1: Yeah. Well, did you hear what Biden said about them? No. What did he say? About he well, said, I can sum up, uh, what you UFOs are in one word. I was going to international, international pressure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very, very clear. <laughs> very clear. What he said. So, um, it's actually kind of interesting. Uh, there is there was uh trump was actually doing an interview and uh recently relatively recently within the past years was after his presidency and he was asked about aliens and extraterrestrials and visitors and everything else and um he said uh, that he didn't want to ruin anyone's fun but that he was not such a believer that's what he said he probably had to say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, which is kinda because, um, there was, uh, kind of interesting because there was kind of the data dump, right? This data dump that we're going to be talking about, some things we're going to be talking about, were was part of con- when Congress passed that 5,600-page COVID-19 relief bill. There was a provision in there that called for the release of U- or, or UFO-related document disclosures. And it was signed by Trump.
1: So Uh it's kind of interesting little tidbit of information there. Uh, That's just one of many, many things that was included in your coronavirus relief bill. Yeah,
0: (laughs) UFO disclosure. Um, So former President Barack Obama said that um, he was talking about recent UFO sightings by the Air Force and by Navy pilots and explained that, uh, well, it is true... That There is footage, and this is a quote from him. He said, what is true, there's footage and recordings of objects in the skies that we do not know exactly what they are. And then he went on to say, um, we can't explain how they moved, their trajectory. They did not have an easily explainable
1: pattern. Did you hear what, that's interesting. Did you hear what uh, the story about when Will Smith took his kids to the White House? Uh-uh. So Will Smith took his kids to the White House and the they were in the situation room uh, and or the war room or whatever, situation room. And uh, he was like, do you have any questions? And uh, Jaden, Will Smith's son, was like, yeah, uh, are aliens real? And his dad's like, ah, son, I told you not to ask him questions <laughs> like that. And Obama just said, I could neither confirm nor no, deny didn't. that <laughs> where are them aliens at everybody said it but if there were aliens this is the room where we would deal with those kind of conversations you know <laughs> interesting
0: um, so a couple other presidents that had actually their own encounters uh, Jimmy Carter uh, told the the story of when in 1969 in while in Georgia he experienced his own encounter with an unidentified flying object. Uh, He said, I was outside a school lunchroom one night uh, right before sundown. He said, it was getting pretty dark and we were getting ready to eat supper. I was with about 25 men and we were standing all in all of the sudden in the western sky. We saw a strange light coming toward us, a large round light. Um, He said, it got closer and closer and right above the pine trees, it stopped and then began to change colors from blue to red to white. Then it stayed there for a while uh, where he said we were all aghast. They didn't know what it was. He said, I didn't know what it was, and then it just disappeared into the West, and that was the end of it. Crazy. Yeah, kind of interesting. 1969. Uh, Ronald Reagan, he was a... pilot, uh, I think he was a pilot, I think he was, he was in, the actor, yeah, yeah. he was in the military, I think, but it says, uh, according to an account by um, uh, Bill Painter, who was a pilot, Reagan was flying in a plane with Painter, it was just them two, and as they were flying, a big light a bit behind, there was a big light following them, flying a bit behind their plane. Um, it followed us for several minutes, and we followed it for several minutes. It was a bright white light. We followed it to Bakersfield, and then all of the sudden, to our utter amazement, it went straight up into the heavens and disappeared. Wow. Yeah. So,
1: that's nuts, man
0: interesting you know yeah what what are some commonalities between those two bright lights uh, and strange flight patterns yeah right and both of them they just disappeared zoom one place gone something yeah. that that we yeah I, maybe we have the technology for but it's certainly not maybe not and six, the thing is that's the exact same thing that Obama said is yeah. that there are things flying out there that we don't know exactly what they are uh, doesn't mean they're aliens but we can't explain how how they're flying. Did you hear it? Russia. And their said,
1: patterns. Well, speaking of something similar to that, Russia, Putin recently said, I'm going to reiterate. He said, if, if, if anybody is interfering with our war in Ukraine, you will be hit with something so fast that you have never seen. That's what he said. Interesting. So they said maybe they got some kind of technology that we don't even know about. In cahoots with the Martians. Something. <clears throat> so, in
0: uh, June of 2021, so this is mid-last year, um, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence released a what they called a preliminary assessment of unidentified aerial phenomena. And the uh, assessment, basically, there was some assumptions made. So, it says, assumptions various... Uh, so assumptions are that various forms of sensors that register UAPs or, or unidentified aerial phenomenon generally operate correctly and capture enough real data to allow an initial assessment. But some UAPs may be attributed to sensor anomalies. So they're saying that our, our sensors, the, 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 our ability to track these things are, are, are good enough to get a preliminary assessment, but mm-hmm. our, our tools might be a little bit faulty, Yeah. right? So, basic goes in, and this was an executive summary, and these were some of the high points of the summary. So, it says, The limited amount of high-quality reporting on unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs, hamper our ability to draw firm conclusions about the nature and the atten- or the intent of UAPs. Um, in a limited number of incidents Uaps reportedly appeared to exhibit unusual flight characteristics that's what we talked about before unusual flight patterns up side quick here and there uh, these observations could be the result of sensor errors, spoofing or, Observer mis, uh, mispresent misperception. Excuse me, misperception. Observer misperception, and require additional rigorous analysis. So they're saying uh, these things are moving uh, strangely. We can't really figure out how you know, or or, or explain how they're moving, but. It might be sensor errors or maybe somebody's just like making it up or maybe the people that saw it, they just were confused.
1: Well, you heard that recently there were some fighter pilots, some Air Force pilots that said, yeah, off the coast of North Carolina, we see UAPs every day out there. And and there were some pictures that they had taken from the cockpit of these strange looking vehicles in the sky. Yep. Every day. Yeah. And and I can't believe the government's still like oh well maybe it's just air well i mean it's it's weather kinda balloons it's yeah, kinda interesting
0: cuz they cuz in me reading through this i was just like man it's like they're telling you that yes they exist but maybe not you know it was just kind of like yes but no yeah
1: well they're just like well there's no ev- actual evidence yeah.
0: they 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 exist but we can't prove that they are real but we can't prove that they're not real so w- one of the last things that it says is uh, there are probably multiple types of UAP requiring different explanations uh, based on a range of appearance, behaviors, and um, available reporting. So basically they're saying mm, they're not all the same. They're all different to a certain extent. Uh, UAPs, this was kind of their, their analysis coming to a head. UAPs, uh, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, Um, clearly pose a safety or flight issue and may pose a challenge to U.S. national security.
1: Yeah, interesting. Well, I'll read you something that Harry Reid said later, more recently about that. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so much there. Uh, One of the things I I find fascinating is that USOs, unidentified submerged objects, where these are things where people see uh, these UFOs going into the ocean or into the water. Uh that is kind of I don't know what but it is but it's it seems like a little more terrifying to me. Atlantis. Yeah, they're underwater somewhere, especially oh. off the coast of Ca- California near the Catalina Islands. Yeah. Tons of UFO e- and USO activity out on that way.
0: Well, you would think that, you know, we have cars that can go on the road and then on the water. You would think that maybe if there if if these UFOs or whatever did exist that they could have You know, multiple abilities to go underwater or in the air or in space or whatever else. Obviously, they're airtight,
1: right? Yeah. And uh, what a perfect place to hide uh, under the water.
0: Yeah, a place that we only have ever
1: explored 10% of the oceans anyway. Yeah. So this is all on the heels of... uh, There was a guy that... His name was Luis Elizondo, and he ran a program uh, at the Pentagon called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program program, also known as ATIP. Uh, and he ran this program from 2007 to 2012. Now, he left, and um, in 2017, he released several videos from that program. He, he, he resigned from the Pentagon, basically because they weren't doing squat about all the stuff that they were finding. He released several videos, which are fascinating. Some, the probably most well-known one was the Tic Tac Uh, UFO, and this is one where several fighter pilots, they caught this on radar, Uh, several fighter pilots saw this, and one was coming in, and it was kind of banking, and he saw that there was like this tic-tac-shaped UFO right above the water, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then it rose up, and then it just shot off uh, at speeds that were unbelievable, and, uh, you know, I think those pilots have come forward and confirmed that uh the Pentagon even came out and, and confirmed that that was legitimate. It did happen. And so that's very interesting. So this this AATIP program uh there the there's a British tabloid uh that is called The Sun and they did a Freedom of Information Act 4 years ag- request 4 years ago about all the documents from a And guess what? From the US from the us and guess what it just came out uh they just were released on april 4th a uh, hundred f- fifteen hundred and s- or 1,574 pages were released so they haven't actually released the tabloid is the one that has all the information they haven't released all those documents yet uh but they're kind of dripping them out as we come so hopefully
0: they got to make their money
1: yeah but some of the stuff that has come out is very interesting So the report talks about encounters with UFO have reportedly left Americans suffering from radiation burns, brain and nervous system damage, and even unaccounted for pregnancies. So that's bizarre. Uh, The report contains the biological effect on humans who encounter UFOs. Uh, The study on advanced tech, uh, and also there's some information there about advanced tech, uh, like deep space travel, colonization, that kind of thing. Uh, one of the examples in here, it talks about, there's a report titled Anomalous Acute and Subacute Field Effects of Human and Biological Tissues. So this, this report specifically uh, states that people who have been injured when in close proximity to advanced airborne vehicles, <clears throat> most linked most likely linked to electromagnetic radiation of a propulsion system. So these are some of the symptoms: burnt skin, heart palpitations, nosebleeds, fever, nightmares, hair loss, headaches. You know, lost time. Uh, these types of things. There's uh, interesting. that one of the things that they said was: there's sufficient incidents and ac- accidents have been accurately reported, and medical data required as to support the hypothesis that some advanced systems are already deployed and opaque to the full U.S. understandings. So, something, some type of advanced propulsion system is causing these issues, and the U.S. has no underst- uh, no idea what, what's going on. Uh, it goes on... And it's something
0: that, that, that multiple people have in common that have had these encounters. Oh, yeah. It's not just like, oh, this one person had, you know, a headache, and this other person had burns or whatever it's probably it, it, you know I don't know no yeah. specific numbers but well, they they're at, yeah they very common amongst people who have had these quote unquote encounters
1: yeah how do you explain that exactly and actually on one of the pages they rank all these symptoms the symptoms that I read off uh, those are the main ones uh, there was even one there was like one s- respondent that said that they felt a symptom of euphoria uh, that was only one hey, person that had responded was that, that before was, or after being probed <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I guess it depends on the person uh the it the says there uh the report at added said it had forty two cases from medical files and three hundred similar unpublished cases where humans had been injured after anomalous encounters uh so very interesting uh, and it says that the medical analysis well not while not require the invention of an alternative biophysics do indicate to you the uh, I don't know why this is all weird this quote is weird the use of unconventional and advanced energy systems uh, something some of the more strangeness that I found in these documents was the report also said that people encountered apparent abductions unaccounted for pregnancies uh, sexual encounters experienced or uh telepathy and Perceived uh, teleportation. So one of the the interesting things is that they use to rank these different experiences. Uh, Many people are familiar with the close encounter ratings. Uh, The close encounter rating one is UFO comes within 500 feet of the witness, but no after effects are suffered by the witness. Close encounter of the second kind is a CE-1 that leaves landing traces or injuries to the witness. Close encounter of the third kind, entities have been observed on the UFO. Close encounters of the fourth kind, witnesses have been abducted. That's why that movie is called The Fourth Kind, because it's the fourth kind of close encounter. Huh. Uh, about the UFO abductions. Uh, this, uh, close encounters of the fifth time, uh, which results in permanent psychological injuries or death. And I think those are all the official ones. I think there have actually been added like a fifth or a sixth and a seventh.
0: Uh, one of those is probably the unac- unaccounted for yeah, pregnancies.
1: pregnancies yeah. Uh, this Another one, this is kind of interesting because it goes a little bit beyond um, just UFOs. It says these are classifications of anomalous behavior. So an AN1 or anomalous behavior 1 are considered anomalies which have no lasting physical effects, i.e. amorphous lights, unexplained explosions. AN2, anomalies which do have a lasting physical effect, i.e. poltergeist, materialized objects, areas of flattened grass, corn, c- corn circles, or crop circles. Uh, anomalous AN3, anomalies with associated entities, ghosts, yetis, spirits, Elves and other mythical legendary entities. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, AN4, witness interactions with AN3, witness interaction with AN3 entities, i.e., near death experiences, religious miracles, and visions, or out of body experiences.
0: Remember, yeah. whenever we were little, living in the room, and I used to have that dream that like elves would come out of the closet yeah, yeah. and they'd walk around and then they would like pick up stuff from our room and take it into the closet and they were like building something. Oh, yeah. I like kept having this dream. It was such a vivid dream or whatever. And I'd wake up and, and I, I could have swore that it was real. I was
1: like, man, these, these elves are building something in the closet and they'd come out and I don't know. They're little cobbler elves. Luckily, they're benevolent. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes, yeah, sir. So, I, so maybe I could say I have I'm, I've had an A A and three experience. A
1: and three, yeah, that would be an A and three experience. Yeah. So, A and five is anomalous reports of injuries and death, uh, like, sp- i.e., spontaneous human combustion, unexplained wounds, as well as permanent he- permanent healing that results from a paranormal experience. Is so, that
0: like, is that like Benny Hinn getting up there and
1: you're healed? uh Maybe, yeah. I I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know who that is, but <laughs> Benny Hinn is that one uh that one religious guy who would like heal like the whole crowd it would be like uh, paraplegics and he'd just wave his jacket in the air and be like, let you be healed and he'd like hit people in the forehead and they'd fall over and then they'd oh, yeah.
1: be I remember watching him on TV as a yeah. kid. I thought you were talking about Benny Hanna, like the the, <laughs> the restaurant guy. <laughs> um so anyway, there's uh, let's see. So those are interesting. I, f- I thought I wanted to share those, but there's there's more here. So the report concludes that there is sufficient evidence to support a hypothesis that some advanced systems are already deployed, and like I said earlier, opaque or unknown to the full U.S. understandings.
0: That's interesting. That's kind of like the the official statement or conclusion that that came out of it, it was like, yeah,
1: yeah, stuff exists. Yeah, so there's there's actually more. So uh, this is the per Senator Harry Reid. So a slew of newly released documents contains letters from Senator Harry Reid, who asked for p- the project A tip uh, to be classed as top secret, and the documents and documents about contractors. So uh, were also released. So one of the contractors that was helping it shows that a, how a contract was awarded to Bigelow Aerospace Advanced. Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, or BLAS, for $12 million, uh, he, notably the only contractor to bid for the work to study advanced aerospace weapon threats from the present out to 40 years in the future. So, Bigelow, where do you know that name from? Deuce Bigelow? Nope. Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, really? He's the one that acquired Skinwalker Ranch. Huh. For, he owned it for several years. Uh, after that family moved out after their terrible experience. So, so the
0: government work. contracted his company to study futuristic... UFOs. Sp- yeah, futuristic aero propulsion.
1: Well, technically it's ad- to study advanced aerospace weapon threats from the present out to four oh, years in the future. Okay. So in one letter in 2009, Senator Harry Reid, who was the one who commissioned tip, described how the program has already identified, quote several highly sensitive, unconventional aerospace technologies, which require extraordinary uh, protection. Interesting.
0: Uh, so, Is this kind of like a Havana syndrome, where it's like some kind of weird frequency or some super natural thing that just makes, like they can pinpoint and all the people in one area get sick?
1: I don't know, but who knows? I, I think it's just, you know, talking about all the UFOs. So there was also a second release that came out. So Vice News also did a Freedom of Information Act that arrived in late April uh, of 2022. And there's 51 documents that were received, about 1,500 similar to the other one, but this is about tip as well. Uh, Perhaps the most interesting among the documents are several dozen defense intelligence reference documents which discuss the viability of various advanced technologies. This includes reports on transversible wormholes, stargates, negative energy, high-frequency gravitational wave communications, warp drives, dark energy, and the manipulation of extra dimensions, and many other topics that will sound familiar to many science fiction fans. Uh, In a report on the negative mass propulsion, uh, the author proposes a plan to look for extremely lightweight materials in the center of the moon, uh, that may be one hundred thousand times lighter than steel, but st- still have the strength of steel. So, to reach the center of the moon, he proposed that the, the blasting, they basically blast thermo the nukes at the moon to bore a, a tunnel to the center, past the crust of the moon, uh, to get these uh, the materials. So. I feel
0: like that would maybe have some negative consequences on.
1: Yeah, lots of debris would it become rain. Yeah, right? it'd be cool, kind of cool or, show to watch though, right?
0: Yeah, or it'd be messing up with some of uh, the tides, or maybe even the gravitational pull. Or
1: yeah, remember that movie, uh, Time Machine? Yeah, remember when he goes forward in time and he looks up at the sky? And like, oh, and oh, the moon's the mining, breaking apart. The mining operations on the moon broke the moon, and it's like breaking apart and like falling down to Earth. Yeah. Uh, that was that was kind of cool. So one of the, I, I pulled, there's lots of doc These ones from Vice News, actually they have all the documents out there. So you can go look at all the documents. Okay. They're very fascinating. It's really a really practical approach to some of these questions. Like, oh, what is a Stargate? Well, a Stargate is uh, a wormhole. Let's talk about an, Eisenro- an Einstein-Rosen bridge and how a wormhole works. And this is what it looks like. And this is how it changes time, and you can transverse space through this. Now, if you had a Stargate that would allow you to go in through this, you could exit uh, that wormhole somewhere else without having to take decades uh, to get somewhere.
0: It's kind of like uh, on the Avengers, the Einstein-Rosen Bridge, that's what they uh, the the Earth scientific explanation to the um, Asgard's Bifrost was. The Bifrost was the thing oh, that really? they yeah. used to teleport between worlds yeah. right from asgard to to earth to you know different it's basically areas. a wormhole yeah yeah it was just a wormhole generation
1: yeah so one of the interesting things i found here and i'm a star trek fan group watching star trek uh love the new ones as well well by that i mean the movies not the new picard one i, I haven't actually haven't seen i haven't seen, picard, I haven't seen but picard, the other picard, one that they did the the discovery it was kind of lame a lot the, of the movies act- are really good. The, actually, a lot of st- hardcore Trekkies don't like the new ones because they feel like they're just so woke. Uh, and it's all about just, like, nostalgia as opposed to actually, like... Storyline. T- Storyline, you know? Uh, but anyway, I thought this piece... So I wanted to read some of the piece of the article about warp drive, dark energy, and manipulation of extra dimensions. And just to give you a little bit of a taste of what some of these articles are like... What some of the wording is like, t- t- and uh, so you can get a sense. And this is kind of fascinating too. It says, and this, I'll just read this here it says, the fabric of space in the immediate vicinity of a spacecraft. Uh, so, talking about warp drive, the basic idea is to create a asymmetric bubble of space that is con- contracting in front of the spacecraft while expanding behind it. Using this form of locomotion, the spacecraft remains stationary inside the warp bubble, and the movement of space itself facilitates the relative motion of the spacecraft. The most attractive feature of the warp drive is that the theory of relativity places no known restrictions on the motion of space itself, thus allowing for a convenient circumvention of the speed of light barrier. Now, if you remember from the first Star Trek that they came out with recently uh, uh, in 2008, I think it was. uh, Spock comes back from the future and he's talking to Scotty and he says, oh, you created the warp drive or or, uh, trans warp teleportation. And he's like, here's your formula. And then he actually says, oh, it never occurred to me that space was the thing that was moving, not the ship. And that's what it says right here. So I said that was kind of cool. Interesting. Uh, it says So maybe they just got that right out of Star Trek. Uh, but then it g- continues and it says, until recently, the warp drive was only science fiction. However, in 1994, a paper by Miguel, uh, I'm not going to read his last name, uh, placed the idea on more solid theoretical footing. Uh, Miguel demonstrated that a specific Lorenzian manifold could be chosen that exhibited bubble-like features reminiscent of the Warp Drive from the popular Star Trek television series. The uh, Warp Drive itself would be in motion instead of the spacecraft, or space itself would be in motion instead of the spacecraft and its inhabitants. So that's kind of how these these read. It just kind of walks through it. It walks through the practical. And some of these, they have gra- the graphics of, of a Warp Drive and the bubble and 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 how it would work and some formulas and uh it's a very practical approach to a lot of these uh, a lot of these things they talk about cloaking technology and how it's they said the the conclusion there was well uh we can probably easily cloak something from microwave uh ray ra- um like radar and yeah. maybe just regular radar but to cloak something visibly would be incredibly difficult because they said that you'd have to get Something that reflects light, like the speed of light, almost. And so they talk very practically about these different technologies and how whether it's possible or not possible, or what, what they could do. It's interesting,
0: as you were as you were talking about that, uh, moving at warp speed and kind of creating a bubble around the the vehicle that you're moving warp speed at. Uh, it made me think of there's a uh, basically a technology called super cavitation. And they're, they're trying to apply this to torpedoes uh, underwater. So basically what it is is it's like that as the torpedo goes uh, in the water, there is air that comes out of the front of the torpedo. And what that does is it creates an air pocket around the torpedo, which allows the torpedo to move through air and not water. And so because water is much more dense than air, the torpedo, because it's moving through air, can move much faster oh, yeah. than it could if it had all of the friction and the re- the, the resistance of traveling through the density of water. And so uh, it's it's really cool it kind of reminded me of that they can go faster if you can reduce the friction on uh the, as, you know outside forces then you, know, you can go faster.
1: Yeah, super. You can, interesting.
0: you can go plaid.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you know they talk about stargates and all this kind of cool stuff and I'm like, dude, manipulation of extra dimensions and feel like man there's isn't there a movie coming out that doctor strange here's yeah, the multiverse yeah. uh it, it, we're
0: kind of talking about beforehand with the with the stargates you know we we grew up watching that show stargate and uh i always liked that show. It stargate, was like that show yeah so basically it was like this big uh round uh arch right that oh, uh a- this is a big circle yeah yeah big circle right that that they would turn on and it would activate this wormhole that would allow them to travel through uh through space and time right and go to other worlds or whatever else anywhere else that there was a stargate there well uh it's kind of interesting because there, there's a theory about um one of the reasons why uh the United States went into um, I think it was Iraq, we went to Iraq first, right, so they they went into Iraq, and the whole thing was, oh, Iraq has uh, nuclear weapons, right, we need to go into Iraq, and we need to take away their nuclear weapons, because they're going to use them against the, the United States and the world, well, come to find out, they didn't actually have any nuclear weapons, right, that, that, that we eventually, as the people, ended up finding out, well, there's a I don't want to say conspiracy theory, but there's a theory out there that there is a a Stargate in Iraq that they unearthed, right? And that they were able to, uh, they were getting close to activating. And that if they were able to potentially activate the Stargate, then they could potentially have, you know, intergalactic travel or whatever else it might yeah. be and so the theory is basically that the u.s went in under the guise of oh we got to take these nuclear weapons away from them when really they were just trying to gain control of what this so-called stargate and and see what was going on
1: well that iraq there. area is where the ancient sumerians were from and yeah. there's tons of archaeological sumerian r- ruins and stuff there yeah that, that, that show
0: de- and they even show depictions. There's there's even you know ancient uh, the Anunnaki. Uh, yeah, there's there's ancient um, cave drawings and, and and archaeological sites that have carvings of uh, you know visitors from another world, or they actually have depictions of a stargate and traveling from one world to another world, and it's like, yeah, you know, pic- pictures of what we know today as like airplanes and ships and and and.
1: UFOs,
0: yeah. how do you explain and all that?
1: Do you remember, uh, there's a bo- there's a documentary on ne- Netflix, and he also was on Joe Rogan, uh, Bob Lazar. Yeah. And he's he was a guy that was working in Area 51 trying to reverse engineer some of these UFOs that they had found, uh, that yeah. they had that I had think he, was,
0: he specifically was working on the propulsion systems yeah. on these UFOs trying to recreate the technology. To
1: re-engineer it. He said that also, he said he saw it in a hangar one time, he said that they had some that had crashed, and they had also found some UFOs that were recovered in archaeological digs.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So you think? Well, maybe if they're recovering UFOs from archaeological digs, maybe they can recover a Stargate from archaeological dig. Yeah. So.
0: Or maybe we should we're, have or someone maybe on who knows more about Stargates. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe we're just crazy.
1: Nah, pretty sure that's pretty sure it's real. Yeah. I don't know, but it, the, the government's taking it seriously, and obviously. Uh, intergalactic travel is done much better through a wormhole, uh, that you could step through as opposed to trying to travel at even a fraction of the speed of light, you know, cause that even would then take decades. Uh, so depending where you're going. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. I- anyway, this stuff is, is so fascinating. I, in- if you're interested in some of it, go check it out. Uh, hopefully we'll get some more information about uh, the ATIP docs that were released to, uh, the sun. Uh, so keep an eye out for. Yeah, those. maybe they
0: will release some more. Maybe we'll do a follow up if they release more information.
1: Yeah, definitely. So this has been your uh, your this has your, been your, your UFO review for the
0: <laughs> your your uh, exploratory portion of a brother's creed, exploring and, and learning about new things.
1: Exactly. So uh, anyway, I think this is a cool stuff. Very interesting, and it's always good to explore new things and and broaden your horizons to build your creed.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, let's build that creed together.
1: Let's do it, guys.